Welcome to the Uplock Podcast. This is your host, Mr. Backwards. Yes, it's me. So today we have a special guest. His name is Fabio, and he's the co-founder and developer at Nash, a fully non-custodial exchange that puts security first. So let's start. Good morning, Fabio. How are you? Nice to meet you today. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, nice to meet you. Of course. So where are you based right now, uh, Fabio? I'm in Vienna, sitting from Austria. Awesome, awesome. I mean, it's it's not too far from where I am uh, sitting right now in Amsterdam, but I can imagine it's also not that fun to be in Vienna right now. How are things over there? Um, yeah, I think Austria was doing great until the winter really kicking which is, uh, I imagine, true for most of Europe. And yeah, honestly, not so far, but these days it looks like everywhere is far, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sad, sad enough. That's uh, that's very true. Hey, uh, before we went into this conversation, I was checking on your LinkedIn, and we can see that your previous occupation was in the oil and gas sector, and all the mm -hmm. way in Brazil, by the way. Um, but ultimately, you ended up in crypto, like most of us. But what actually made you switch careers? Um, so I have been in crypto for a long time, actually. Uh, so I have always been working on computing side of engineering. So really early in my career, uh, still at the university, I was working in fluid dynamics, so completion of fluid dynamics. Mm -hmm. And um, in early 2009, 2010, it was the beginning of a, a trend of doing computation on GPUs, uh, uh, graphic cards, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so today people use GPUs a lot for AI, but you can also use that for fluid flow, structural engineering, and other engineering calculations. Mm -hmm. And I was really early into that trend. And uh, <laughs> funny enough, uh, like, I think every bleeding edge tech, uh, the main application of GPGPU at the time was Bitcoin mining. Yeah. So, so I got into Bitcoin mining to learn how a production code for GPGPU would look like. So you had like these GPU miners, and 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 then I would enter into it and and mining Bitcoin with my uh, my old <laughs> GeForce applications. Wow. Really. You know. So, so it started as a, as a somewhat experiment, but at, yes. I mean, yeah. yes, it, it, it was like a, a, as part of my learning for doing my engineering job, mm -hmm. I actually moved it, uh, as you said, in the oil and gas industry. And I was working as an engineer and writing software. And um, mm -hmm. then I was transferred to the US uh, to work uh, on, I was always in research, right? So even though I was in a big service company, I was working from research centers into uh, bringing like new technology to uh, applications. So I would say it's kind of applied research. Uh -huh. And um, during that time, my crypto thing, right? Let's say that I got like really early because of that, um, yeah. I always stayed on the side and uh, as you imagine 2017 I look at that and said okay this is this is not just an experiment anymore <laughs> yeah it's 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 about real money <laughs> and about a real growing network yeah 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 so so for me I was in a situation where 
most of my time was going to my job, right? Like uh, I'm, I'm a serious professional, so I would not like mm -hmm. deter time from that. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a very high, uh, like a technical job. And, uh, but most of my potential returns and, and to be honest, potential, because I haven't sold much of my crypto. So we all have stories I, like that. Like uh, most of my wealth was not mm -hmm. coming from my job. So mm -hmm. it didn't make sense for me anymore uh, financially to continue on the job. And then I talked to a few friends uh, from other initiatives they had. Uh, and it was time that I could try to get the same intellectual uh, uh, challenges that I had uh, working in research, but trying to do uh, a company that had a, a, a bigger, bolder, bolder vision than uh, other companies I had before. Wow. And that's how... And that's how uh, Neon Exchange was born. And wow. Neon Exchange uh, morphed into Nash, and now that's how I'm here. Yeah, well, that, that's a, that's a crazy story. I mean, I've heard uh, a lot of you know similar uh, inception stories, so to say. But it seems that that, that you are like very early uh, in, in in crypto and much more of a of a level of of, of interest than a than a level of of yeah yeah financial it, gain. Was, it was not financial gain and financial interest at all it was mm -hmm. always uh technical until a few years ago so i got into crypto for almost a decade now mm -hmm. and i didn't buy crypto uh, until i put i think uh, 600 dollars uh in early 2016 so mm -hmm. it's like yeah oh, <laughs> and, and I ended up really well, and it was all into this uh, researching, uh, mining, and, and, and yeah. discovering the technology because uh, at the end of the day, that's what I love to do. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, but uh, I mean, you were talking about being a decade uh, in crypto or in this landscape. Uh, you, you founded uh, Neon exchange and in 2019 that rebranded into nash but being in this in this space for so long what are one of the biggest changes you have seen since then for for both your company nash but also the crypto landscape in general yeah so um the nash project the new action it actually started in late 2016 mm -hmm. and 2016 um, I started a group called Seed of Zion, which we developed a lot of things. And we formalized the partnership of a Neo Exchange in 2017 uh, as a, a Swiss partnership, like a legal entity. And mm -hmm. then uh, we founded uh, the company Nishinstein a, a few months later. So it's like a journey. But mm -hmm. at, that, at that journey, why 2016, right? So from the period of early Bitcoin until 2016, it, Bitcoin didn't know what it was. Uh, everybody was looking at this as the future of money and the future of payments. Yeah. And 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 that was fine at the time until it was small. Like you don't know where you're going because you can go anywhere when you are small, right? And mm -hmm. and as crypto grow, a lot of people started to have different views for for what a Bitcoin and then blockchain would be, right? Mm -hmm. So. At 2016, you have like the first networks, uh, you have like homestead of, of Ethereum coming and you have the whole discussion in, in Bitcoin community around scaling. 
So it, it's actually funny that in the very beginning, it's easier to get consensus because you are small. So like Bitcoin community was uh, almost agreeing on a four megabytes block. Everybody know what was going to happen. But as the value grows, as the network grows, people were saying, hey, maybe this is not a payment solution. This is a store of value. And others would say, no, no, no. We actually believe this should be a payment solution, not, yeah. not a thing as a store of value. And, and then you have the other uh, emerging group saying, hey, no, guys, that, that's both okay. But we think the, the real value is in computation. And, and then you start to have these ideas bubbling. So 2016 is really a critical point where you see these groups that were all in the same bucket got separated. And yeah. when I look at that, I look at that um, together with my friends, uh, which are nationally, it was like, hey, guys, there, there is different values here. And we can build something around uh, these different um, these different um, directions that crypto will go. So that was a big change, was like formalizing these ideas. And now you have Ethereum, now you have like a payments networks like Bitcoin Cash and so on. And you have a store of value which lives into the Bitcoin world. Um, so this change of finding itself and focusing on, on a specific value uh, is what happened during this period that I think it's most important. Because now you have fit for purpose uh, blockchains. So Ethereum is not as good store of value as Bitcoin, and it might be in the future, but right now it's not. And Bitcoin will never be uh, as, or, or it's not in its roadmap to be as good as a computation engine as Ethereum is, for example. Mm -hmm. So uh, this differentiation, these different values brought by the same fundamental technology, um, it's the main change uh, happening into crypto. And I think, and I think people don't realize how much more value will come from either further breakdown of these silos. So right now you have uh, the same case as before, if, if, even though we are bigger, like the market is 200 billion. Individually, it's still quite small when you think about yeah. like, uh, the peers, like internet, energy industry, mining industry. This, these industries are uh, 10, a hundred, a thousand x bigger than than what the blockchain industry is right now. Yeah, we still need so, to need, need to prove ourselves, uh, especially yeah, if you sure. if, if you look at, at like mainstream media media reporting. You know, we are still this speculative, you know, echo chamber who needs to grow up. So there's a yeah. lot of work to be done. Yeah, and and what I see now in 2020 is this further breakdown. So you had the whole computation. Um, discourse and now inside the computation you are breaking down that in data uh, storage you are thinking about information flow like oracles and so on and you're thinking mm -hmm. about uh, secure computation and others are thinking about privacy so it's all it's all further specializing and and and, and when you further do that you have more value being created by these different uh, initiatives. So I, I am very bullish, and that's how I have seen uh, the evolution of the space. It, it goes from an experiment to a prototype, and now we are starting to talk about real products. Yeah, yeah, we are definitely uh, evolving, and it's it's such a fa fast-paced industry. Um, but that also comes with with uh, a huge growing pain, so to say. 
Um, lately, we have seen, you know, exchange hacks uh, or, or other, you know, uh, stuff that happened to people who, who didn't put their security first. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think a lot of people who are listening to this uh, podcast episode are familiar uh, with the, the term non-custodial. And mm-hmm. it's one of the biggest USPs of, of your exchange, uh, Nash. Yeah. And my educated guess is that around 60% of all crypto traders is aware of the importance of this. But for the people who are more unaware of their assets security, what's the big deal about Nash being non-custodial? Right. So I will be straight to the point here. Please. If you go back to Satoshi, the fundamental thing he wanted to empower was self-custody. So there was a problem with with cash. And the problem was that custody was in the hand of not the original owner. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, you can have sequestration of value. So to solve that, to solve that, Satoshi introduced Bitcoin, which would be using public key cryptography, so public and private keys, to keep ownership at the hand of the owner. But when he did so, there was another problem, which is people could could double spend this coin. So being digital would be hard to not copy the same coin. So then he created the blockchain to solve that issue. So the fundamental thing we are trying to do on this industry is allow self-custody. And all the things that we took, all the decisions we took to get there are the technical decisions that we take to allow that fundamental value. So public cryptography use is to allow users to have um, control over public addresses without revealing, without actually giving the rights onto that. And then blockchain exists to allow that a, a value cannot be double spended uh, on its digital form. So all these techniques, all this technology is to allow self-custody. When we go and remove self-custody from the barrier, uh, so we introduce custodians in the middle, we are going back to the original, the original problem that we try to fix. And the original problem, the, it, it, it has better solutions than blockchain. So if we are to go into a, a world where we are only looking at the digital property of value transfer, but we have centralized custodians, then there is better technology than Bitcoin, there is better technology than Ethereum, there is better technology than Zcash. That's not that's not about that's not the fundamental value that we are seeking. So when we built Nash, we were looking at all the assets at the table. And we were asking ourselves, how can we build technology? How can we build tools that would allow these assets to preserve their fundamental value, which is allow people to self-custody their assets, allow people to have full control of, of what they actually own and, and what people call it's uh, non-censorable. Like, like, I cannot censor your access to your funds. Mm-hmm. And this is our main goal. So people talk a lot about decentralization. People talk about a lot of cons- about consensus and so on. We have to always have in mind that this only exists because we are seeking self custody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's so important because uh, I I know for a fact a lot of newcomers uh, to crypto who who buy their first 
Bitcoin or a piece of Bitcoin, they are holding it on on the exchange they they trust mm-hmm. uh, since mm-hmm. there haven't been a, a hack for for years or, or even never, for instance. But to me, every every night you go to sleep with your with your Bitcoin on on such an exchange, you are exposed to a systematic risk or just human failure uh that you don't have any control over um so yeah it's 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 so important i mean an, a, a simple example my brother he he recently bought his his first uh a piece of bitcoin uh, around 9k and he bought it on on qcoin and he was very happy and stuff and i just told him please send it to me uh, I, I will store it on on a ledger and he was just lagging and postponing the action uh, until he woke up to the news that Qcoin was hacked, and eventually he got his Bitcoin out, and it's stored safely now. But you know, it's it's so important to 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 either uh, to both educate uh, the people uh, on being self custodial, but also I think it's a great thing that you offer also non custodial trading because that that was something really new to me. I mean, we have seen the the old school DEXs that are not really user friendly, so I think yeah. that's a that's that's a really great spot where where Nash entered uh, to to make it more accessible uh, yeah, for I think people. This, this history that you just told about your 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 um, friend um, is really something that we live as user experience. So as we build technology before for other projects, um, we have seen this history of of wallet. And, and people keeping funds at exchanges so many times. It's like yeah. thousands of times we would receive users' reports of issues they had and so on. Hmm. So we learn about a lot of the user experience benefit that centralized exchanges were providing to users when holding multiple assets and, and how that was driving them to take a lot more risk on, on the custody of their assets on, on exchange of that user experience, right? So it's like you are you are trading safety for um, ease of use. And that's a, a real struggle that always exists in software. Yeah. So uh, Windows is, is was not as uh, secure as it wanted because it wanted to be easier to use. So you have always had this dichotomy for forever software has existed. Yeah. And yeah. What, what we try, what we try to mesh is is like how can we provide more? How can we keep the same user experience? Right. So imagining you have two parameters that you can tune. Like you you have these knobs uh, that you can optimize your volume and 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 the synchrony of your channel. So if you fix one of them, let's say, this is my channel, now you can only play with volume. So we did that. We fixed it, user experience. So like, okay, the sex, um, deposit, withdrawal, workflow, uh, where people have all their assets in this single um, funds page, is what people is preferring as user experience, preferring to the point where they will uh, you put that in their demand to security. So we fixed that. That's the user experience we want to provide. And then we said, how can we push security into that? So the only knob we could play out is building more stuff, building more technology for security to get to the same user experience. So um, this 
this that we take at Nash is a process on product and, and engineering that's called user-centered uh, design. So when we designed the protocol, so it's not only the interface, it's not only the visual stuff you see, mm -hmm. it's when we designed the protocols, we first decided how should be the user experience. So like, how should the user deposit? How should the user withdraw? How should the user trade? How should the user hold? And now you have fixed your interface. Um, and I'm talking here at code interface. This is how this function will be called. This is how this other function will be called. And now I look, and how can I now build a protocol that will fulfill this so that at the end, after two years of development, I can build an ISUI which delivers that user experience. So yeah. it's, an inversion, it's an inversion of how uh, we normally think of our lives. Huh. Yeah, and and I think it's a great example of how how great uh, the synergy is between your your web based uh, exchange and 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 the mobile app, for instance. The key feature is, of course, I mean, uh, to me, is the security. Uh, but in this competitive landscape, exchanges are competing, you know, aggressively for the same pool of traders. So besides mm -hmm. the whole non custodial aspect from both. Uh, a, a protocol side, but also the the, the UX. Uh, what are some of the other features uh, Nash offers, which which makes your exchange so unique to its users? The most important thing is, is really the non-compromise self custody. Mm -hmm. So you have the same user experience you are used to on a centralized exchange, while having all the security benefits of self custody. But we, of course, as you said, we are in a competitive landscape and. If you only prove behind the scenes, it would be hard to win. Uh, let's yeah. say like that. So what we try is after we build this protocol, so we built a self-custody protocol, we built a trading protocol. Uh, we started to build on top of that. So you have benefits like the zero maker fees. So you can place an order on Ash and never pay a fee. So if you that's, are... That's awesome, Fabio. I mean, I've, I've, I've used it myself and... Uh, you know, I I transferred some some Bitcoin uh, uh, to my Nash account because I, I I just want to trade with some with some spot Bitcoin. You know, not not leverage, yeah. just old school spot trading, uh, and and I trade on on very high time frames. Um, so it's it's even easier for me than to 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 place limit orders and get re rewarded by paying zero fees. That's a that's an awesome feature. That's an awesome feature. Yeah. So when you think about, like, when we look at, at uh, decentralized exchanges when building our protocol, uh, the problem of UX that we look at for traders was it was too expensive and too hard to demonstrate intent. So when you think about, like, when you think about what is a limit order, what is an order to replace it, it's your intent on how much you want to sell and by which value. And... Mm -hmm. And there is also an important intent, which is how long you are willing to wait for that. Right? Yeah. So a, a limit order basically is I'm willing to wait a defined time because we have time force, but let's say it could be timeless uh, to sell one BTC for twenty thousand mm -hmm. dollars, and you can just place your intent there. So decentralized exchanges before Nash uh, working directly at order books on chain. 
you need to do a blockchain transfer. So you need to pay a fee to both say your intent, so place that order, and to cancel your order, say that you do not intend to have any more. So it is really expensive on other decentralized exchanges to demonstrate your intentions around trading. And that's mm. really important if you are if you are trading frequently or, or if you are, um, uh, let's say, um, sensitive to the fees, right? Because sometimes that can be like a, a blockchain fee can be dozens of dollars these days, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, oh, so that's, that's why we use the whole uh, state channels of a solution around trading. So even though we're non-custodial, when you place a limit order, why we can make maker zero fees is because there's no fees at all. It all happens in state channels. So all we need to do is verify signatures, is guarantee that the signature is valid for the blockchain. So if we need to, we could settle this in the blockchain. And that's really, really cheap. So we can offer for free. So you can place a limit order and you can cancel a limit order without ever paying a blockchain fees. Awesome. And the whole the whole realization here is that blockchains do not hold any value. It, 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 um, let me take a step back here. Blockchains itself, they have no notion of private keys. All, all they do is they verify signatures. They look at original um, uh, input that you had, uh, original state value that you had, and you do a signature on that to transfer to someone else. So you sign a message saying, um, this is now of value of Fabio, for example. And uh -huh. this this is a signature. And all the blockchain does is it receives that signature, verify if it's correct. If it's correct, it writes in itself. It's all just verifying signatures. So we got that primitive. We got that primitive of signature and built the whole protocol around it. And that's why we went to state channels because now we have all the signatures for all these trades that must happen, and they are really, really cheap. All we need to do is when you are withdraw your funds, compute, so you can imagine a tree where you begin with a, a, a root transaction, and then you go into leaves that which have many trades. All we need to do is walk through that tree, walk through that path, and get from your original trade to the final state, and then we can get that final state and send to the settlement on the blockchain. So the experience that you have is really the same experience that you have on centralized exchanges, but what's happening behind the scenes is we are tracking all those signatures and syncing the state, or like pushing the state to the blockchain of, of what happens. So you can build these really awesome features. You can be zero maker fees. You can be really, really fast trade. So we are even faster than most centralized exchanges. I, I would say people do not believe this. So I would say you should just try to place an order on Mash and see how that works. Yeah, definitely try it. I mean, it's a it's it's a it's a seamless experience, at least from from my personal experience. Um, but the only thing. Uh, I've witnessed compared to other exchanges, the amount of, of tradable assets uh, Nash offers is quite limited. So, yeah. Yeah. so why is this? And and yeah, will this also change in the near future? Also, there's two two histories here. One is a history of technical uh, mm -hmm. decisions, and the other one is a history of compliance. So I will start for the technical one. So all mm -hmm. these things I have been talking to, they are a lot of work. 
and not every blockchain works the same. So yeah. when we support, currently we support Bitcoin, um, Ethereum, and new blockchains, and they are completely different. So we need to build these systems for every blockchain that we support and the tokens that run on them. So we support ERC20 and F5. So if we want to spend to new blockchains, uh, we really uh, look at more familiar ones to these three that we support because we need to build all this infrastructure. We need to build um, our more encryption libraries. We need to build our state channels, um, everything for these new blockchains. Uh, and, and we can go back into that. All this technology is generic because we are working at the level of, of signatures and, and public and, and private key cryptography. We are not working at the level of smart contracts as many people is taking the roots these days looking, hey, I'm writing this solidity code for doing everything. We are, no, no, we are really working at the cryptography level. Mm -hmm. um, so this is one thing. And the other thing is uh, history of compliance. So maybe because I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little bit old into this, we do not believe that crypto has a future if it's um, if it's the wild west, right? So if you think about it, um, I cannot imagine a world which has less digital than it has today. So I cannot imagine my kids living in a world where they use less the internet, they have less connections, their speed mm -hmm. is worse, there's less computing devices around them. I can only see that increasing. So when I see that, I feel, so there's a, a say which is softer with the world, and that's mainly true, and money is part of this world. So money will be digital as well. So when we look at this, at this plausible future at Nash, we see mm -hmm. that crypto, if crypto succeed into, into becoming this source of wealth, it will have a future in money, in finance, right? At, at the digital age. And when that happens, compliance will be a requirement. There's no way, um, or, or how I could say this, for the crypto native states, governments, they have the monopoly of force, right? They can put you yeah. in jail. Yeah, and some, of them, they, they, they can, some of them can even kill you, right? So, mm -hmm. so it's not like you can have force because you, you, they have the monopoly of force. So all you can do is innovate in a slight way where you preserve your values. And this is where self-custody is so valuable for Nash, it's part of our values. While you comply with the regulations so that you will be able to grow, right? So nobody yeah. can come and hammer us down uh, because we have complied with the regulations at the time. So when we look at tokens to allow into the trading protocol, so how do we allow a token in the trading protocol? It's basically we whitelist it for matching at the matching engine. So when we look for that, we need to check at the compliance of that token. So we, we look at legal opinions around Europe and US and see if they are compliant with the major uh, um, markets where we operate. Yeah. And, and that's why the number of tokens is, is smaller because one, building these legal opinions is costly and two, not everyone passes those. Yeah, but it's it's also, um, 
it, it, it's one of the key features and it also gives a lot of peace of mind to to users of, of Nash uh, that you guys are so uh, strict on, on being uh, compliant. I mean, I, I even saw a presentation uh, you gave to the European Parliament. So you're really, uh, uh, you know, co-working with the regulators in order to to keep your exchange uh, compliant. But uh, because basically the only thing you are doing is is cutting out the middleman uh, in in favor of its users' uh, experience, but also uh, security. But then in a in in such a way that that you can uh, you know run your business into eternity because it's fully compliant. Yeah. So when we look at this, uh, being non-compliant is a risk as well, right? Mm-hmm. Is a risk is a risk of uh, like like what happened with a couple of projects like just a couple of weeks ago. Is a risk that uh, every investor you have, every user that you have, could be. Uh, suffering and we do not want that right we want nash to outlast myself i want to die and nash to continue existing yeah. uh, and, and and like that's a life goal right mm-hmm. so to do that um, unfortunately you have to comply with so many rules and um we do that that's actually uh, uh, awesome that you that you say that 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 you want that nash outlives yourself i mean there are so many founders of projects who have you know a lot of different goals uh, about you know you know eventually having a a exit or or sell it to a another company or or whatever so that that really uh yeah gives me a a good feeling about uh, the future of nash and um i think we discussed quite some stuff already so before we wrap this conversation up I, i i i want to ask you what lies ahead for Nash? Are you working on something exciting currently? Yeah, so we are working in several very exciting things. So as at our mission, it is to bring decentralized finance to everyone. And it, it's funny because decentralized finance was written in our mission in, in 2016. I, uh, I saw, I saw, yeah. <laughs> and now it's a whole uh, buzzword, right? But yeah. When we say bringing decentralized finance to everyone, everyone means everyone. So we are building tooling uh, that we hope makes Nash the best platform in finance. And I say finance because I think finance will be digital. So if we are the best Mm -hmm. digital finance platform, we will become the best finance platform. And we are building things for everyone. Everyone, I think, brokers and wallets. So we are building... Uh, sub-account systems on top of our um, multi-party computation technology on top of all our uh, crypto uh, security technology that will allow wallets to provide to provide accounts to their users powered by Nash that they know it's safe that they know only the user has the keys it will allow brokers to have accounts and funds to have accounts on, on to Nash and give super accounts to their, to their uh, employees or their traders. Maybe you have wow. four or five traders on your desk. You can mm-hmm. give them a super account and you can be sure the policy that you set will not be violated because math does not allow that. And yeah. only you, only you is the holder of the funds. And that is one thing. So super accounts and, 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 and support for uh, API calls for brokers and wallets. 
uh, for for our traders for traders we are built like we built this whole rust uh, ecosystem of libraries that allow you to build wrappers uh, for the Nash protocol and interact with it like you don't need to know any crypto to to use our APIs you can just really call a function that plays an order sorry you can literally call a function that plays an order because that's the UX for traders and, and algorithm traders that we want to provide so we will be integrating with bots. So we just launched Gumbot. Uh, we are working with MarginDE and many other bot companies that oh, you awesome. know. Yeah. So especially in, in combination with uh, sub accounts, you know, I think that's you know a, a lot of people you know like to keep a, a sub account dedicated to running a bot, for instance, and have a main account for for manual trades. So. I, I, I think that also brings a lot of more liquidity uh, to you to your already pretty liquid exchange. Yeah, we 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 want to be the best for traders, right? So that's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So you ask what's coming next for for our users. So holders um, also have something coming, but brokers and, and and wallets they have the whole sub account system that will allow them to provide wallets on top of Nash. For traders, we have the APIs and the bots and all the infrastructure for trading. And, and you know, for the first time, you can use a, a tool that you already use, like Gumbot, and trade in a non-custodial fashion. So you are using a traditional tool for that you used to use on centralized exchanges and now trading without giving access to your funds. Like that's huge and, may, uh, and, and, and the knowledge, the understanding of that may Take some time to think, mm -hmm. but this whole this whole effort that we did is this whole library is, is to allow you to use the tools that you like when you are a trader. You don't necessarily use the UI of the exchange, awesome. so we want to allow you to use those sophisticated tools that you use to trade, having self custody. So. Uh, I I hope to extend our partner network so that you use the familiar tool that you have. But you are giving more than you currently have, and and for holders or our beloved uh, crypto community that buy and hold, believing into this future, we will deploy even more secure measures, and we will deploy um, those in, in, in swift form and increase the uh, support of the wallets. So people want to hold more assets at Nash, and we want to support mm -hmm. more networks. So. That is upcoming, and all this that I'm saying is upcoming in this year. So we are really oh, wow. moving at blazing speed here. Oh, so it's going to be a very interesting uh, fourth quarter. Uh, well, I'm I'm personally excited for it uh, since I'm I'm trading on your exchange, so I'm looking forward. Uh, Fabio, I want to thank you for this conversation, um, and we might speak again if if all of this. Uh, you know, comes to fruition in the in the coming months. Um, so, if you want to add anything before we uh, before we wrap this up, uh, feel free. Yeah, I I would like to invite people to try. So, it's a bit lost on the crypto community today, but a, a big mantra that brought us here is don't trust, verify. Mm -hmm. So, do not believe what I'm saying to you. Um, Go by yourself at Nash.io 
and try it. You know, try with a um, hundred bucks and maybe ten ten dollars. Try with ten dollars and see mm -hmm. by yourself how self custody can actually beat uh, the currently uh, generation of solutions that we have in the market. All right, thank you, Fabio. I will leave a link in the description so people can uh, can check it out because it's definitely worth it. And especially if you're trading with uh, like smaller funds, like Fabio told, like you know, ten or even a hundred bucks. Uh, if you you make use of the zero fees, uh, it actually makes sense to uh, to try it out with with these amounts. Thank you very much, Fabio. Thank you. Thank you for having me.